Welcome to the Breakthrough and Bloom podcast. My name is Kelsey Marks and I am your host and your Breakthrough BFF. I intend to be an open channel to allow insights to flow in that help you break through to the next level of who you were always meant to be. With these conversations, we're going to shift some perspectives, okay? And we're going to give you a new way to live the life that you live, allowing the opportunity to truly manifest what it is that you desire. So if you're looking to break through to the next level of who you are, to live the life of your dreams, and to gain a deeper understanding of spiritual topics, well, you have come to the right place. And I know we're going to have so much fun together, and I am beyond excited to have these conversations with you. So let's go ahead and get started, shall we? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here at Breakthrough and Bloom. How is life treating you? Today's episode, I know I'm just like diving into it. I'll give you a second to answer. How's life treating you? (laughs) Um, Yeah, today's episode, I wanted to talk about something that I just had like come through in a meditation that I did this morning and I did a longer one this morning and I usually only meditate about five, 10 minutes, but I decided to do one that was 20 minutes this morning and it was a good one. It was, it was for like inspiration. It's a free one on YouTube by, um, great meditation. So if you struggle with meditating, not only do I have guided meditations that you can use at breakthroughandbloom.com, but there's plenty on YouTube as well. And if you struggle with meditating, especially with like monkey mind or anything, I highly suggest just doing like a guided meditation because it makes it so much easier to give you something to focus on as opposed to just like music without words or silence. However, maybe you've been trying it before. Anyways, the meditation that I did today, it was a good one, obviously, that's why I'm I'm going to be talking about it now. Um, but it had given me just like a little image that literally had expanded my mind so much, even with like things that I already know and I'm well aware of, but it's just like settling in more, you know, like the knowledge is just more kind of like clicking into place, like the pieces were all there and they were laid out correctly, but I feel like they're kind of clicking in a little bit more. And I just wanted to talk about the imagery and the then thoughts and conversation I had with myself afterwards because I thought it was great (laughs) and I want to share it with you guys because that's what this is this is all about so in this meditation there's one point where you're asked to um, like imagine or see your like one of your spirit guides coming in and in the meditation, the spirit guide, you know, comes up to you and, and you're sitting together and you're just kind of feeling each other's energy. And the spirit guide starts talking to you, telling you whatever you need, right? Like she says, like, go ahead and listen for any message that, you know, is ready for you to receive. And before I go into that, I want to preface that, like, for me, when I get like signs from the universe that like, yes, this is true. You're on the right path. You're, you're guided, you're protected. Like everything is good. My sign is like confirmation of hearing something. So like for some people, so my brother, for example, he sees two birds. So whenever he is like struggling with something or is feeling a little bit 
you know, misaligned or whatever, or fear, really, you know, the human component of us kind of taking over. And he sees two birds. For him, that's his sign that, like, everything is okay. Everything is, like, exactly as it's supposed to be. Everything's lining up. Like, you're good. Go for it. Go do what you're afraid of doing. It's the right move, right? And for me, my sign, which I've come to realize lately because at first I'm like oh well that makes sense a sign right like everyone always says like a feather falling from the sky or like my brother two birds or whatever else so I was always like looking like okay what's my sign and I never had anything in nature that kept like repeating itself at very like impactful times for me for for it to be like oh this is a sign so if you also feel that way like it's okay if nature isn't the way in which you get your signs because not everyone is the same. So being like, well, I I never get like a four leaf clover or three birds on a wire or, you know, a cat on the right side of the street, like whatever, like I don't get those either. And for a long time I was like, okay, maybe I just like don't get signs (laughs) or I'm not doing the right fucking things. Right. Cause I'm not getting any signs. Um, but I've, I've realized lately that for me, my sign, because of the the clairs that I possess, so there's, if you don't know what clairs are, it's like different ways that you're able to tap into other dimensions, into other vibrations, into other aspects of yourself. So there's like clairaudience where you can like hear things. There's um, clairvoyance, which is like the most common popular one I don't actually I don't think it's the most common it's the most popular one most popularized one where it's like people can see things the you know they see it in their their dreams or they like have these images pop up in their minds like super super clear as if they're seeing it um your girl does not have that (laughs) yes she does but I am not currently in possession of clairvoyance okay um so for me I have clairsentience and um that is really just like a sense of like knowing and I use this a lot in my Reiki sessions as well where it's just like I kind of just like get a thought of you know I need to go like here or um, this person needs this exercise or we need to have this session at this place like it's just things that kind of pop in and it feels different than like a normal thought of me like talking to myself feels like Um, but that to me is like that that's my my clear, right? Like, it's just, I just get like these weird knowings that I can't tell you how or why I know. I just know and you need to do this. And then it ends up being like, great. Um, so for me, it's that. So like when I am in meditations where it's like meet with your guides and like get a message from them, or if I'm like working with clients and I'm like getting a message from their guides, it's always interesting to me because, because of the fact of the way that I receive is like a thought my ego loves to always just jump in and be like, oh, you're just thinking this. You're just thinking this. This isn't like a download. You're not getting this in. Even though I know that's my Claire, right? Like I know that's how I receive message, but it still happens. So in this meditation, I obviously was like receiving a message, right? And it's these thoughts, but they don't feel like my thoughts, but they kind of feel like my thoughts. So like I'm thinking them and it's all like just nice things, right? Nice things that I want to hear. Like you're so close to your desires. Keep going. Don't give up. Like you're on the right path. You're doing all of the right things. There's no rush. There's no timeline. And then the last thought that I got was where I got my confirmation that this is like, 
true, right? Like I am on the right path. I, I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, all of my di- desires are going to come for me. They're, they're already on their way. Like just give the universe, the earth some time. There's a little bit of lag, okay? Like we gotta let everything catch up. And the last thought that I had was right after, like I was thinking there's no rush. There's, there's, no, there's no timeline, like everything is good. And the last thought that I had happened at the same exact time that in the meditation, she said the same exact thing. And of course, now that I'm recording this, I don't remember what it was, but it was something along the lines of like, all is well, like all is as it's supposed to be. And what was interesting is during the time that I was like getting the message, she wasn't saying anything. And then, so like 30 seconds of her not saying anything in the meditation. And then at the same exact time that I think it, she says it word for word, the same exact thing. And that like, to me was my confirmation of like, oh my God. Okay. Like this is amazing. Um, and this also happens to me in like other things as well. So this happened in like a power of eight session that I had to, where like in a meditation, I got just, I got this randomly two words. I got two years in my head and like, based on what we were doing, the power of eight group about, like I kind of put the pieces together. And then I asked the person who it was for a question without saying like two years, but just a question about like a time frame of something. And of course she says two years. So like my mind's blown, right? Because I was like, where did I get that from? Um, but that's kind of the feeling that I had with this meditation too. So I was like, okay, like whatever I'm tapping into now is like the truth It's like, is, is the truth. Right. And then right after this in the meditation, she says like, your guides give you a gift. So go ahead and open it. And I open the gift and it is, it kind of looks like a snow globe, but then I realize it's like a miniature earth, a miniature world that is like floating above in my hands. And I got this, the sense of that the world is literally in our hands. We create the world from our hands, right? Like we are what creates the earth. We are what creates our experience. We are what creates our reality, the world in which we live in. It is molded from us, right? It comes from us. And that was the thought that I, you know, I had when I saw this and then after the meditation, I love to like reflect more on things. Right. So I'm thinking about like, okay, like the world in our hands. And I, and I talk about this, you know, in other episodes too, of how we do manifest our realities and everything that we experience are based on our perspective of it. And like how two people can experience the same exact thing and have very different realities regarding it. So I've talked about this before, but like, for example, if two people get laid off from work and one person was like absolutely in love with the job and like wanted to be there until they retired. And then the other person was thinking about leaving and starting their own business. Like the first person might be so distraught about this. And like, this is a terrible thing that happened. And like, What am I going to do with my life? And the other person, based on their perspective, is thinking, wow, what a blessing in disguise, right? Like, this is the sign I needed to go ahead and push forward with my business. And like, I'm so glad that this happened. And, you know, our perspective, it it shapes the way in which we view our world, in which we view our reality, in which we experience the 
the, the reality around us, right? And I just got the sense of like, we are in total control. We are in the the driver's seat of our lives and that we can create whatever it is we want just based solely on the way in which we perceive the things around us and perceive the things within us. So how do we view ourselves? How do we talk to ourselves? How do we embrace ourselves? How do we look at and acknowledge our past and our traumas? How do we Look forward to the future, but don't hang on to it as if that is the only way in which happiness can occur. How can we embrace all that is who we are, the past, the present, the future, our traumas, the things we're good at, our gifts, the things that we're afraid of, the things that we tell ourselves, our beliefs, and then the, you know, juxtaposition beliefs that we have and like what is going on within us? What are we, what are we fighting against? What are we allowing? What are we not allowing? Right? And all of this goes into the way in which we craft the world around us from our hands. Like our hands are what is used to create things, right? Art, houses, things on the computer, even you got to like type it. Like our hands do everything. So when I saw the world in our hands, I just got this sense of like, we have the power and the control to create anything and everything. And that in fact, that is how it is. There is no one else holding your world for you. You are the only one that can create your experience. You are the only one who gets to dictate how your experience goes. You are the only set of hands that can contribute to the way in which your reality is spun. You are the only one that has the say. And yes, we co-create with others around us. And that is all for us to choose, right? Like, what do we choose to believe about this situation? What do we choose to do about this situation? What do we choose to say about this, right? Like, it, it's all, it's all just like opportunities for us to step into the driver's seat and really choose and be authentic and make decisions that are in alignment with ourselves and that give us the life that we desire, right? And if we are feeling really disconnected from it, like we're going to choose things that pull us farther and farther away and, and hold on to the limiting beliefs more, right? It, it's all about what we want to create, whether we're consciously aware that we're creating it or we have like guidelines in our subconscious mind that are creating. But at the end of the day, everything is about us creating. We literally hold the world in our hands. And I think that is so beautiful and not scary at all if you're thinking, wow, that's terrifying. But I think it's just beautiful and so empowering to be like, I get the final say, right? Like I get to choose how I perceive this moment. I get to choose how I move forward in this moment. I get to choose, right? And that's all it is. It's just a choice. And if down the road, you're like, oh shit, I didn't like how that turned out. Great. <laughs> right? Like you're not going to make that choice again. And that's what's beautiful about like mistakes. I don't really think there's mistakes, but like mistakes or things that don't end up well, all it does is it gives you clarity to be a better manifester, to be more specific, to get really clear on the things that you want versus what you don't want. And this sense of just like being able to create 
I, I also got like this, I, sorry, I, I, two thoughts at once hit my head. Okay. So I, <laughs> I also had this thought that happened afterwards. It was like another image that like flashed into my head of, um, like this art gallery. So if this, this imagery of the world in your hands isn't working for you, maybe this will work for you. So I had this like image of an art gallery and you are the artist. And in this art gallery, you are putting whatever art you want on the walls and you get the choice, right? It could be art that feels really good and authentic to you and is following like your core beliefs, or it can be art that you are creating because you think other people are going to like it or you think this is what people are going to enjoy, or this is what you've been told is what's good and like you need to hide the other art. You get to decide what art you put up on the walls. You get to decide what art you actually create in the first place. You get to decide all of it. And the thing about this art gallery too, because now you're like, well, people come to art galleries and that's scary. So like, why wouldn't I create things that I think people would want and then they would want to buy or that they think I'm good and like give me compliments on my art? The thing is about this art gallery of life is that you are the only person who has access inside. And before you think that the, that's like very lonely and scary, I'll, I'll explain the rest of my, my metaphor that was in my head. But I just want to like go on this for a second that like you are the only one who is allowed inside. You are the only one who can go in this gallery and stand right in front of the artwork and feel the energy that comes off of that artwork. You are the only one who can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with it or touch it, right? You're the only one who gets to tangibly feel what this artwork feels like, what the brush strokes on a canvas feels like, or what the pottery feels like, or what the metal structure feels like, however your art looks, right? Like, let's just say you're an artist with all different types of media, okay? You're the only one who gets to go in here and actually experience what it's like to be within the art. You're the only one who gets to experience what it is to smell what that art might maybe smells like, or what it feels like. Maybe you have art that creates sound, so what it what it hears like, right? Like you're the only one who gets to fully experience the art that is created within this art gallery. And it's not to say that other people can't see it, right? Because we have people in our lives who give unsolicited advice sometimes or or tell us maybe you are literally an artist and <laughs> tell us literally the critiques on our art or or whatever, but for this metaphor of the art gallery being yours, your creations, other people, they can see it from the outside. So maybe there's big windows in the front. They can see the art, but they can't come inside because they'll never be able to experience your life the way that you can. They'll never be able to like step into your shoes and feel all the things that you feel every moment of every day. No one else can come inside that art gallery. No one else can come inside your body and experience the way in which you craft and create and illustrate your own life. No one else can come in and see the beauty that is behind all of the artwork and feel either the pain, the trauma, or the joy, the love, the abundance, whatever it is you want to create, whatever it is we want to tell, portray. Like, no one else has the ability to step into your shoes like that and truly 
understand and connect on an energetic level of what that art means. And and what I mean like this is like literally no one else can step into your shoes and live your life. So no one else can come in and critique your work. Sure, they can stand outside and say like, oh, I wouldn't have painted it that way or like those colors don't go together. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Sure, people can have their opinions on the outside. But the thing is, is when you get inside that art gallery, you can't hear those, right? You Maybe you can, maybe you are listening to the critics outside, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they can't come in and you know that they don't have the full experience of the art in order to actually have any sort of truthful critique about it <clears throat> right like if you if you have an actual art show and someone's outside saying like oh this art doesn't make sense and you'd be like well, you haven't even stepped inside right you don't even know what it's like inside you don't know how it feels with all the artwork together you don't know how they play off of each other you don't know about the interactive exhibit in the back right like, it's kind of like that. Like, how can you judge when you can't experience? <clears throat> and that's the thing about critics, right? The people in our lives who told us that we can or we can't do something. They don't know what it's like to be in your shoes. So how can they tell you whether or not you are good at something or you're not good at something or that something is what you should or shouldn't be doing, right? Like, Sure, there's people who maybe have really good advice, and I'm not saying, like, <clears throat> don't listen to them. <laughs> this is more for, like, the people who tell you that you can or can't do something. Like, how do you know what I can and can't do? Like, you haven't even stepped into the exhibit. You don't know what I feel on the inside. You don't know the things that I'm capable of doing because you're just observing on the outside with your own preconceived notions of what you think is good and what's not good. And maybe the type of art you like is not something that I like at all. And just because I don't like it doesn't mean I'm like critiquing you, but for some reason you're coming over here and critiquing me on my art. And just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's dangerous. Just because it's different doesn't mean that it automatically gets a bad critique, right? It just means it's different. And if you don't like it, go elsewhere. And the last thought that I had on this as well was like, so we have these external critics, right? And like, these are people in our lives, maybe our parents telling us like, what well, you have to do, you got to go to school, you got to get a, a job, um, maybe as a doctor or whatever, like putting all of these pressures on us because they want us to live the lives that they didn't get to live or, um, or that they think is the right thing to do because of what they were taught. Or maybe you have like friends around you telling you like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this, whatever. What All of those external critics do not matter at the end of the day because, again, they cannot come into the art gallery. But there is one critic that can. And that's your inner critic, which we all have. It's that voice in our head telling us, you know, imposter syndrome type things. Like, you're not good enough or, like, this isn't good enough to, to put out there. Maybe a little bit of, like, perfectionism. So, like, the inner critic definitely has a stronghold on imposter syndrome and perfectionism. So, if you struggle with either of those things, just know it's, like, your inner critic at work just doing its job. And the thing about this inner critic is, like, we don't want to kick it out. We, we don't want it to not have its job anymore. 
because it serves a very real and very important job for us. So our inner critic, the way that I see the inner critic is it is a part of us that keeps us on the path. It keeps us in alignment. It keeps us, it's kind of like the bumpers when you go bowling, right? It's like the bumpers that are up. So it's keeping you in line so you can keep moving forward, right? And that's how I view the inner critic is just, it's just someone there who's like reminding you like, hey, like this like isn't working out or like this isn't something that like feels good to us, right? And I think the reason why so many of us struggle with the inner critic is because think of like any job out there. Like you always, there's, there's job descriptions, right? This is what you, you're doing every day. And like, this is the, the rules that you have to follow by. And like, you clock in at this time, you clock out at this time. And like, you, you have to do X, Y, and Z during the day, right? Like all jobs have a job description. And that includes your inner critic. Your inner critic has a job description. The thing, though, is a lot of us don't even know what the fuck we put in that job description for this inner critic. So we have this inner critic who does its job, which is solely just to, like, raise red flags, basically, of being like, this This is going with your beliefs. This is going with what you think to be true. Like, this is going with what's going to, like, make us happy. Because when we are in alignment with our beliefs and in alignment with our truth, that means happiness, right? That's what the critic believes. It's like, let's make sure we follow the rules. And the rules are our beliefs and the truths that we tell ourselves, right? And... Oh, Ranger distracted me growling because I didn't want him to bark, so I lost my train of thought. Okay, so our inner critic has a job, and a lot of us don't even realize the job that we give it. And this is because of limiting beliefs that we have within our subconscious mind. And a lot of these can come from childhood or from just experiences in life where we were told that we were not good enough or that something that we loved was not worth loving. And at some point in our life, mostly, you know, this happens in childhood a lot because at this point, as a child, we don't know any different, right? Like we have these adults above us who are like the ones we look up to and whatever they say goes, right? Like that's the truth. So if we have an adult who's telling us like, don't do art or you're not good at singing or it's so weird when you do x y and z or like you have to work really really hard for money and it can't just flow to you and like you have to grind and not take vacations like whatever it is like the beliefs that are put into us become what the inner critic is now program to work off of. So these like limiting beliefs of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. Um, like I can't be successful as an artist. I can't be successful in a non-traditional job or like, I'll never be in a loving relationship because I'm not worthy of love or like, I'm too clingy and no one wants that. Like whatever limiting beliefs that you have within your subconscious is what your inner critic is going to go off of. So when you start having like conscious changes to your thoughts of being like, I want to like have a non-traditional job or like I want to be in a relationship with someone or, you know, I want to invest my money a certain way. And if it goes against the limiting beliefs that you have in your subconscious mind, your inner critic is going to start coming out and telling you things like, no, like you're not good enough for that. Or no, there's no way. Or like, 
what you're doing just isn't going to suffice. You're never going to get there. It's not going to be good enough. Like all of those things that we tell ourselves that like push and pull against our desires. So we have these desires for like love, compassion, companionship, or, or work or dreams or, or careers or like whatever it is. And then we have that inner voice telling us the opposite. And that's because the inner critic is running off of these limiting beliefs that you have within your subconscious mind that maybe you are becoming conscious of. So, you know, it's coming up and you're, and you're working on it, but there could be some in your subconscious mind that you aren't even aware that you're telling yourself that you told the inner critic, this is the truth. This is the belief, right? And the thing is when we work on those subconscious beliefs and we start clearing them and we start replacing them with different beliefs of like I am worthy and like it is safe for me to have a non-traditional job and I'm not needy I'm just very compassionate in my relationships like changing the belief to something that actually serves you and supports you authentically and the things that you desire and the things that you need as a human to feel good safe loved included abundant right when we rewrite these beliefs, what we do is we change the job description for the inner critic. So we're not firing the inner critic when we, when we like change these beliefs. In fact, we want to keep it. We want this inner critic to tell us like, oh, you're falling back into old ways of being. Or like, if you do this, you're going to come off as like super needy again, as opposed to just someone who's truly compassionate. Or if you do, if you stay at this job and you don't follow your dreams, like, you're going to feel like shit about it and like that's not what you want to do and like sitting on the couch all day instead of doing your your business isn't going to get you there right like you want your inner critic to support your growth as opposed to hindering it and the way in which we do that is by changing our beliefs by going within and doing that shadow integration and doing that shadow exploration and and getting really personal with ourselves and knowing what lies underneath and changing the beliefs in which we change the job description of the inner critic, which then just allows us to stay so like hyper-focused on, not like hyper-focused in a bad way, but just like focused on our desires and making sure we're staying in alignment with it so then we can actually manifest the things that we want in life. And coming back to the world in the hands, like using the inner critic to help us mold the world around us in a way that feels really good and liberating and free and abundant and and full of love and happiness and joy and like all of the amazing things right so don't shun out the inner critic okay just be aware that it has a job description right now and if you don't like <laughs> the job description it's doing at the moment take a moment to ask yourself what did I give as the job description? What beliefs am I telling myself about this situation, about like partnerships, romantic relationships, friendships, jobs, careers, passions? Like what am I telling myself? So what is the job description that I gave this inner critic and how can I change it so that this now helps me, right? And that was what I thought of all from a simple image <laughs> in my meditation of just a world in my hands that we have the power to create our literal reality and we create the art that is our life and we get to experience it and be in it and 
feel it and love it and enjoy it. And the only person that it matters to at the end of the day is you because you are the only one that can live your art. You are the only one that can live your design of life. There is no one else ever who will be able to literally get inside of your body and experience your life for you. So at the end of the day, whatever someone else's opinions are or your fears of what someone will think doesn't really fucking matter because they'll never be able to experience it. And if they could, if they could get into your body, they would do the same exact fucking things as you. And and that's just how it is because they would be in your body with the same exact experiences, the same exact feelings, the same exact thoughts. Like you are doing the best that you can do with everything that you have going on within you. And even if someone else was to hop into your body, given everything that you know, that you have experienced, that you've learned, that you love, that you don't like, they would choose the same exact fucking things as you. It's just how it is. You are doing the absolute best that you can with what you've got. And no one else can do it better. So no one else should have a say on how you do or live your life. Because in fact, you're the one who's paving the way. You're the only one on this path. You're the only one on your journey like this. And you get to experience your journey with others. But no one else gets to dictate it, right? Like you're the one who's leading the way on your path. And you can have whoever you want joining you. But at the end of the day, you're the one in charge. You're the one who's creating. And you can share your creations with others. And you can co-create with others, right? But at the end of the day, as long as you are creating art that feels good to you, you are creating a life that feels authentic and fulfilling and empowering to you, that is all that matters. I think that's all that my noggin has on this today. And if you enjoyed this episode, as always, go ahead and leave a review for me down below. Give me like five stars if you if you love it, um, because that helps me. It helps this podcast get out to other people. So, you know, it, it takes like a second. Go ahead and give this show a rating. However, you're listening to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever floats your boat. And then, of course, you can always message me on Instagram at Breakthrough and Bloom too, if you feel called to, if something has resonated with you, or if you feel kind of just like stuck in your fucking life and you just like need to talk it out or just feel kind of alone, like I'm here for you, send me a DM. I'd love to chit chat. And in case no one has told you this today, I am so incredibly proud of you. You're doing amazing, sweetie. And I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'll catch you in the next one.